0: Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of God's Little Hummingbird, the podcast where we are reading through the Bible from the beginning to the end, using the original language as a guide. Today we are in Numbers chapter 19, and we are reading from the New King James Version Bible. This chapter is very interesting because it actually deals a lot with the Messiah and his sacrifice for us, so this is really awesome. Now, Yahweh spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, This is the ordinance of the law, which Yahweh has commanded saying, speak to the children of Israel that they bring you a red heifer without blemish in which there is no defect and on which a yoke has never come. So remember a heifer has not yet had a baby and this is a red cow, well red heifer, not a cow yet. A cow is a cow once it has a baby and it's never pulled a burden, never had a yoke on it, I should say. You shall give it to Eleazar the priest that he may take it outside the camp and it shall be slaughtered before him. And Eleazar the priest shall take some of its blood with his finger and sprinkle some of its blood seven times directly in front of the tabernacle of meeting. So seven times the completion, Eleazar is the son of Aaron, and they're basically purifying and cleansing this tabernacle right in front of it, then the heifer shall be burned in his sight. It's hide, it's flesh, it's blood, and it's offal shall be burned. Offal means your, like, your guts, your kidneys, lungs, the, if you've ever butchered an animal, it's the kind of the not meat parts of the organs and stuff. And the priest shall take cedarwood and hyssop and scarlet and cast them into the midst of the fire, burning the heifer. And remember, these are the same types of things that we took with the Pesach and the Passover lamb. Interesting, huh? Then, and, and just so you know, okay, so cedar wood, remember the temple is built of cedar wood. Um, we used the hyssop to put the blood on the doorposts and the lintel. And um, I honestly don't know what scarlet is right here. Let me look quickly. Um, I guess I should have probably looked this up before we were online, but it says, okay, told So, yeah, that's just um, red. It's just the red material, the red fabric. That's what I thought it was going to be. So typically when they talk about, well, whenever you see the word scarlet in the scriptures, it is this it's, it is a red fabric. Okay. And it could be just the stuff with which they dyed the fabric though, because I can't understand why. I don't know that they would be burning actual cloth in there, but the hyssop would make sense because that you know, is a branch or it's a a plant, so but the scarlet, I would think, is the plant from which they get the cloth the fabric made. I would think that's what they're trying to insinuate here, but I could be wrong <laughs> either way. we understand that the scarlet the red symbolizes the bloody Yeshua, just like this red heifer. Then the priest shall wash his clothes, he shall bathe in water, and afterward he shall come into the camp. The priest shall be unclean until evening because remember evening starts a new day. Water, um, we're told very clearly in the book of Ephesians that water symbolizes the word of God, and we know that it cleanses us. Water physically cleans us, and the word of God cleans us from sin. And the one who burns it shall wash his clothes in water, bathe in water, and shall be unclean until evening. Then a man who is clean shall gather up the ashes of the heifer and store them outside the camp in a clean place, and they shall be kept for the congregation of the children of Israel for the water of purification. It is for purifying from sin. So no, the Catholics do not have purification water. I know they claim to, but they don't. You had to have this perfect red heifer upon which no yoke has come and no blemish. It has to be free of defect. And they burn it down as the burnt offering. They will again when Yeshua returns and it is for purifying. So this these ashes are mixed in with water. Now, anybody who understands the soap making process understands that it actually is very, very cleansing. Because when you take hardwood ashes and put them um, it, with water, so if you can form lye, just this, the chemical component of soap. So it's really, really Amazing! (laughs) And really, really neat how this is all really like working together. And even today, um, if you need, if you want to make your own soap and you're kind of doing the pioneer type um, homesteading thing, you will typically use hardwood ashes. Just interesting side note. Verse 10, and the one who gathers the ashes of the heifer shall wash his clothes and be unclean until evening. It shall be a statute forever to the children of Israel and to the stranger or the Gentile who dwells among them. He who touches the dead body of anyone shall be unclean seven days. So now it switches. So we're just talking about you're unclean if you've touched this heifer. Because I'm sorry, if you've ever butchered, <laughs> well, if you're like me, I'm covered head to toe in blood. And it's really dirty. And so Yahweh says it's the right thing to do. It's not a sin, but you're unclean. So this is the ritual unclean, not the sinful unclean. Okay, so you're just unclean because of the blood. And all that yucky stuff. Okay, and the ashes. So, 11. He who touches the dead body of anyone shall be unclean seven days. He shall purify himself with the water on the third day and on the seventh day. Then he he will be clean. But if he does not purify himself on the third day and on the seventh day, he will not be clean. Okay, I have a little thought here. Yeshua came at the end of the third day during the fourth day, basically, so I guess sometimes, I don't know, did he come at the beginning of the fourth day? Yeah, so at the end of the third day, and then he will reign for the seventh day, the seventh period of a thousand years, so he was here at the end of the third period of a thousand years, so I'm wondering is this, if this is just symbolic of, being, of, of him being cleansed with him, because he came the first time physically, and he's coming the second time physically, and it is to teach us how to serve Yahweh both times. Because the first time he came to teach us as the humble servant Joseph. And when he comes the second time, he comes to reign on earth as the King David. So I don't know my thought on the numbers there. Whoever touches the body of anyone who has died and does not purify himself defiles the tabernacle of Yahweh. That person shall be cut off from Israel. He shall be unclean because the water of purification was not sprinkled on him his uncleanness is still on him. So to get clean from touching the dead body, you have to go to the temple and get this purification water sprinkled on you. This is the law. When a man dies in a tent, all who come into the tent and all who are in the tent shall be unclean seven days. So they didn't stand; they're just unclean ritually. And every open vessel which has no cover fastened on it is unclean. Now that one, I don't know, would that be, (laughs) because how long is that body going to be in the tent? Is it like maggots are forming in there or something? I don't know. I wouldn't think so. But for some reason, if you, if there's a dead person in the tent, then if like you had like a jar and it was open, that's unclean. Whoever in the open field touches one who is slain by a sword or who has died or a bone of a man or a grave shall be unclean seven days. Even if you just touched the grave, you're unclean. Doesn't mean you sinned, you're unclean. And for an unclean person, they shall take some of the ashes of the heifer burnt for purification from sin and running water shall be put on them in a vessel. So you take the ashes, you mix it with running water. A clean person shall take hyssop and dip it in the water, sprinkle it on the tent, on all the vessels, on the persons who were there or on the one who touched a bone, the slain, the dead or a grave the clean person shall sprinkle the unclean on the third day and on the seventh day. And on the seventh day, he shall purify himself, wash his clothes and bathe in water. And at evening, he shall be clean. I love that picture right there. The clean person helps the unclean. Remember, get the the plank out of your own eye before you get the speck out of your brother's. It doesn't say not to help them. It says, hurry up and you get clean, you get right, and then help others. It's just awesome when you look at it in the context of what it really means. It's not so the person who is clean. So those of you who are already walking in Torah are to help the others become clean and they're walking still amongst the dead spiritually. I can always see so many pictures here spiritually, but we need to help those people come out of Babylon and amongst the dead uh, out from among the dead. And I know when I first came to Torah, Yahweh showed me all the churches were filled with dead people. And when he had me do the 13 day fast, that night, I felt Yahweh on me just like Abraham did. Just like Abraham had that, um, that darkness that was on him. I literally had the spirit. Just like, he was there. I could feel it. Like a heaviness I've never felt again. And I heard him say, you know, have my husband take a picture of me the next morning. And I remembered at the last moment. And I looked down. Without even knowing what I was doing, I had put on all black clothing and I was bone skinny. Because I'm already bone skinny and 13 days with no food made me very, 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 very skinny. And I heard Yahweh say, this is my church. They are dead and they are dying. They're starving. So that picture right here for me says a lot. We who are being cleaned need to help those who Yahweh wants to clean. Help purify them because we are learning. And three can also mean the Spirit. Remember, Father, the Son, and we have the Holy Spirit. No, I'm not saying the Trinity. I'm not even saying anything like this. I'm just saying scripture. There is a Father, there is a Son, and there's the Holy Spirit. So there are three, and I don't care what anybody says. That's scripture. It's um, we, we understand often that the number three can represent that. So anyway, I'm going to keep going, but I just hope that's this is sinking in and giving you some good meat to think about. But the man who is unclean and does not purify himself, that person shall be cut off from among the assembly because he has defiled the sanctuary of Yahweh. So that means if you try to go into the sanctuary while you're unclean, you've defiled it. The water of purification has not been sprinkled on him. He is unclean. It shall be a perpetual statute for them. He who sprinkles the water of purification shall wash his clothes. And he who touches the water of purification shall be unclean until evening. Whatever the unclean person touches shall be unclean. And the person who touches it shall be unclean until evening. So that was an interesting little chapter. And I pray that it ministered to you as it did me. I just, I love the picture of the red heifer, the unblemished, pure, red, the blood of Messiah. I just love the picture of the red heifer. How that is the picture of our Messiah, how he purifies us and he cleanses us. And he did provide that atonement. And it's just, it's just amazing. Okay. Love you all. Have a blessed Sabbath. It's almost, well, it's three 30 here in Wyoming. So we've got another hour and 15 minutes until Shabbat or hour and a half. Have a blessed night. Hey everyone, I forgot to make the connection as what I was reading, (laughs) that remember how it says the red heifer was taken outside of the camp? Well, so was Yeshua. So when he was crucified, remember he was crucified outside of the camp. And so I forgot to make that parallel in connection between the Messiah and this red heifer. Okay, have a blessed day everyone.